Welcome to We Are Free. I am your host, Becky Morquecho, and you're listening to episode 41. This is a podcast about letting go of what we think our lives should look like and the sweet freedom God has for us on the other side of surrender. My guest today is Val Warner. Val is an author and the owner of Val Marie Paper. She lives in South Louisiana with her husband, Tyler, and two girls, Vivi and Vanna. Since 2013, Val's mission has been to help women live intentional lives that are an outflow of a fruitful and focused prayer life. She does that by creating practical and organized tools like their monthly prompted prayer journal that cut through the noise of everyday life. Welcome, Val. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I was just saying to you before we start recording, I feel like this conversation's been a long time coming. Um, our mutual friend Diana has been telling me about Val for years and just what an incredible you know, mother and business owner she is. Um, so I'm just excited to have you here with us. Thanks, Val. Thank you so much. I'm excited to chat. I feel like any anybody who is, you know, um, soul sisters with Diana will <laughs> will have a great conversation. Yes, I totally agree. Um, so in 2013 is when you started, you know, having this mission to be advocates for women in their prayer life. What was life like for you prior to that? Why did you yeah. start a prayer journal in the first place? Yes. So I actually was a wedding planner and um, a wedding invitation designer. Um, I was just doing invitations at the, at that time um, because we were looking to start a family. And if you know any wedding planners, they it is a hard job and just give them a hug. <laughs> it's a stressful job, but um, I was not ready to do that with kids. So I was just doing wedding invitations and um for me, I just felt very overwhelmed by pregnancy more than motherhood. Mm -hmm. I am a hypochondriac. I can feel like I feel like I just have a very sensitive body to what's happening. So to go through nine months of feeling different things every day was very overwhelming in the first trimester. And um, I really actually just started out wanting to design a journal for myself. Um I kind of envisioned this format and I thought it had to exist already. And when I searched for two months and couldn't find it online, I decided to design it. And, you know, it's hard to print anything for yourself without having to have big minimums. So I had to print at least 50. And I really had no intention of, of helping other people with their prayer life. As bad as that sounds, I really just wanted to change my own prayer life. And um, through that process, like we... We ended up sharing about the journals a few weeks before Vivi was born. And we shipped out over 100 orders two weeks after she was born. And I think it was then I just realized, like, I am silly and naive for thinking I'm the only one who struggles with my prayer life. And um, just the more I talk to people, the greater my passion for helping others um, in their prayer life has become over the last seven years. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, what what were some of the struggles that you were having um, like at the beginning of all that when you first created that? Yeah, um, I had other friends who were pregnant. I wanted to like organize my prayers and cover everything in prayer. And I just felt like the things that I wanted to pray for were falling through the cracks because whenever I did sit down to pray, it was just very unfocused. It was very... Um, like the anxiety kind of gripped me before I even had a chance to start praying. Mm -hmm. um, 
So I think just wanting to pray for so many different things. I knew if I don't write it down and, you know, I wanted to be organized. I tried to just keep a moleskin like blank notebook for several months. And then you're kind of like, okay, well, I'm praying for this girl's pregnancy over here. And, um, you know, my husband's job, but this is like a, you know, a one-time thing or like, I just didn't know how to organize it. I didn't know how to like keep it, continue to use it beyond the first month. Cause I think that's, that's where we get stuck. We like can use something for a little while, but how are we going to sustain this? And that's really what I was looking for. Totally. Um, that's so cool. I, I wanted to kind of start with this question. Um, and I have my take on it, but I'm curious to hear yours because mm-hmm. this is something that comes up so often. Um, I've heard it. I've heard it in our life group. I've heard it from girlfriends. I've thought it for sure before. Um, but why do we pray if we know God is going to do what God's going to do? Because he's God. Um, so what is your take on that? Like, why, why do we pray? Why in the Bible does he lead us to do that? Yeah. Um, I think, number one, it's like such a gift that we get to have prayer it's not like a have to we have to like inform him of what's going on um we get to have a relationship with the person who or the god who created us and that is you know it gets lost on us because we've if you've grown up in the church like you just forget that that's like a privilege you know Mm -hmm. um we see it as more of an obligation but we get to have a conversation on earth with the the God that we're going to get to spend eternity with. This is just a little taste of heaven. Um, So that's the first thing. And I I would say like, even the things that God already knows we struggle with, like my heart changes in prayer. I spent um, yesterday, maybe it was two days ago, just feeling engulfing the world, like, you know, watching shows or looking at the news and doing all these things. And then I sat down on my porch that evening and I just like was feeling very restless and I started praying and I was just like, man, it's just amazing what happens when I just sit with him. Mm -hmm. Like my posture changes. And I think, I think if, if anything, our hearts are going to change so much in that time with him, but also he does hear our prayers and he does respond to us. Um, the same way, you know, like this might be a bad example, but like if my kids, I'm not going to offer my kids sweets all the time, but like if my, if my daughter asked me for a cookie, like I'll give her a cookie, like I, cause I know that's going to bring her joy, you know, whatever. And I think like, um, there are things that God does in response to, to us, even though he already knows what we need. He, he wants to hear that from us. Yeah. And it's not just always, it's not the outcome. It's about the relationship and the process and just yeah. how it changes us more um, than about changing whatever it is we're praying for. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. Are there other, um, so you've been in this business for a while. You, mm-hmm. you talk a lot about prayer. You, um, you have these journals, are there other things that you've heard, like any like misconceptions, myths, things that you feel like are common, um, that women, any men, anybody, but I know that you are, you know, work mostly with women, but, um, like anything that pops up in your mind that like is a common thing that you feel like as Christian women, we need to combat it almost a little bit. Yes. Um, I would say one of the biggest ones is that, um, just like feeling guilt for, 
repetition in prayer. Um, like, you know, because we have our journals, this monthly format, you know, and I know some people will say like, I feel like I'm praying the same things every month. And I think, um, we feel bad for this because the verse in the Bible about vain repetition, like, you know, like Jesus warning about this. Um, but that was about mindless babbling the way, um, the way the pagans would babble to God, their gods, um, like words that have no meaning that it's not, um, you know, my husband isn't a believer and I've been praying for seven years for his salvation. Like those things, um, over time, they like, like they, um, I don't want to say they compound, like our prayers compound, but like praying one time for something is very different than praying over and over again for something. It develops our faith. If we had, if God answered our prayers, every time we prayed something, that would be seeing God as like, a vending machine. Mm-hmm. We pray and we get something out of it. But when we keep praying after, you know, so much time of not feeling like we're getting an answer, we're essentially saying, Lord, I have faith that like, just because I don't see you right now, doesn't mean you're not at work. And um, so when we pray over and over and over again for the same thing, I feel like it shows our faith so much. It stretches our faith in big ways. And, um, and in that respect, I feel like repetition is really beautiful and really um, something that like honestly gets me excited to see. Like whenever um, we're praying for something right now and it's not for a year and a half and I'm excited to pray for that every single day for a year and a half and beyond. And um, I think that's, you know, it's it just reveals so much of our hearts to God. Yeah, no, I love that so much. Um, and I don't remember what episode it was. Uh, my friend Kelly Lemon, she, we talk about praying for a miracle and she was in an, an accident when she was younger and she was like a quarter of her body was paralyzed Oh wow! and for years yeah. and years, 20 some years, like praying for healing, you know? And one of the things that I loved that she said so much about like big prayers and like praying for a miracle is the person who is praying for that, like for herself, like after a while, it feels, it can feel defeating or you can feel mm-hmm. like you're not hearing God. Um, but what she was asking, you know, is for a community of believers to step up and surround her. And like, sometimes you need people, other people to pray the big prayers for you. And you need to pray for um, just the tools, like the daily things to get through each day and for God to sustain you versus like praying the big prayers of the miracle. Um, and I just, I love that so much. It resonated with me and I've like brought that with me. Um, yeah, that I like that. Yeah. What are your thoughts or what have you experienced as far as like everyday, you know, modern miracles? Like, I feel like it is a topic that um, feels too old or like Jesus did miracles in the Bible or God did miracles. But like in today's world, um, what have you seen? What have you experienced in your own life or women that you know um, regarding praying for miracles? Wow. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think like in my mind, I want to go to like something like, you know, multiplying food. Yeah. <laughs> like that. And I haven't seen any of those, but, uh-huh. um, but no, like f- for us, um, my husband's dad passed away from cancer a couple of years ago. And we like, God didn't answer that. That was our ultimate prayer healing here on earth. Um, but he answered a ton of prayers within that. Um, with, uh, as far as like, 
um, my husband's big concern was, you know, who, how, what the last moments of his life were going to be like and how that would affect his mom. And they were really peaceful. His family was there. Just so many things. Um, we saw God just like carry us through that season. We had a, a three month old at the time, or she was actually, you know, six weeks old whenever it, it got bad. Um, so God carried our whole family. Um, he carried our work. He carried so many different things like that. Um, man, I'm trying to think of different things. Um, more big scale. Do you have any that you're thinking of? Like, no, no, and it's okay too. I just sort of threw this one at you. I'm just curious. Yeah. Um, no, it's a great question. I mean, um, I, 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 it's probably, I've probably seen more, um, not like divine interventions, but like God mm-hmm. putting things in the right place that I think, wow, like we could have never planned for that. We could have never done that on our own. Um, yeah. Things like that. No, I totally hear that and agree with that. I mean, even in our, we, we struggled with infertility for, in our adoption process for five years. And then somehow we, you know, you know, God had this plan for us to have our daughter, Vera, who was born on the other side of the world and just like seeing and experiencing. I say all the time, I say that like every day, I feel like I'm looking at a miracle. And even though it wasn't like, you know, we, I didn't get pregnant. I didn't, you know, it wasn't what we had all lined up and planned and hoped for and prayed for. But what it was, was like, the reason I feel like it's a miracle is because it's more than I ever could have imagined. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I feel like that's a way for sure that I experience miracles as just like it being overwhelming in a way of something like beyond what you could have expected. And I feel like that yeah. in itself um now I'm crying, <laughs> is, <laughs> is something like that change of heart or him showing you like, I love you so much. I have so much more and it doesn't look like what you think it does. I feel like that in itself can be considered a miracle. Yeah. you're Man, that's so true. Like just to think like we think of miracles as God answering a prayer in a specific way. Mm-hmm. But that is, if we saw, if we saw miracles like that, I think we'd be blown away by what God um, is doing in our lives um, that w- wouldn't traditionally be classified as a miracle. Yeah. About what do you think is so hard about prayer? You told me a little bit about like what you were struggling with at the beginning. Um, I know like my, uh, you know, Bible study girls, a lot of times like, oh, I need to, you know, be doing this more, do this more and pray more and be in the word more. And the, like these constant things that we're always like, wanting and seeking Jesus and seeking more time with him, but sometimes we don't do it. So what do you think is so hard about it? And like, how do you come mm-hmm. alongside women and encourage them with your journals and just like the knowledge and you've gained mm-hmm. over the years and your own wisdom of like being in the word and prayer, like what is so hard about it and what can we do about it? Yeah. Um, I think what's hard about it. Um, there's a few things. Um, one, we, feel like it has to be a certain way. So we're just very nervous to come to God in prayer without all the research or knowledge or, you know, like, like we need to figure out prayer before we come to God because we don't want to come to him in the wrong way. And I think there are very few wrong ways to come to God. And, and I feel like God, the Bible addresses it. Um, but we don't see the Bible. We don't see Jesus saying like, 
stop coming to me. Right. <laughs> You're doing it wrong. Just stop. Just like, just stop talking. He, he, he is encouraging us to always come to him and to learn things about prayer, but to not stop coming to him. And I think if we come with humility, honestly, I think the people who probably worry about that are already exercising a heart of humility. Um, for the most part, like probably the people who come cavalier and like with pride and they're not the ones saying, Oh my gosh, I'm nervous to come to God like this, you know? Um, so I think we got to like relax that a little bit and just know that we, God is not looking for this magic bullet of, or this perfect, um, perfectly spoken prayer. He wants to, he knows your heart. He knows how you're coming to him. Even if you jumble your words, there's so much grace in prayer. Um, and the other thing that I was just thinking, we're used to more immediate results. And um, in the beginning, like I, I know, like I I do find a lot of peace whenever I pray. I I enjoy God's presence when I pray, um, but it's it's not always immediate. Like it does take take time. Like if we're throwing up just Hail Mary prayers every couple of days, just whenever things get bad. Um, we're not experiencing like a true depth in prayer. So it's always going to kind of feel like, well, like why keep praying if it's just, if I'm just talking to a ceiling, if I don't really hear from him. Um, so I think we have to just allow time for that like relationship to develop and not think that if it's not going well, it's God and he screwed up and he obviously doesn't care about me or he's just distant. It's, it's going to take time for us to get, um, to draw near to him. And, um, that's not to say that he isn't right there. You know, it's not like we were running to him and it's going to take days to get to him or something like that. It just means for us to experience it, um, in a different way. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it's so good. Um, <laughs> it, it is. Um, uh, we just have to be patient and just sit in his presence. I think that's the hard part for me. I'm an Enneagram one. And so any, yeah. <laughs> any, um, you know, you, you want to see something on the other side of it, you know? Um, yeah, so you just be like, efficient with your mm-hmm, time. <laughs> mm-hmm. So just sitting with, uh, with God and just like, whatever that means in that moment right there, like without trying to push for an outcome or push for what's next, but just like experiencing it. I feel like that's the goodness of prayer for yeah. sure. Um, and also mm-hmm. so many times we like, we sit in prayer and we, we ask God things and then we get up immediately and walk away. Um, you know, like we want him to speak to us, but we don't give him any space to, to speak back to us. And, um, you know, we would never do this with a person. We would never like ask a question and then immediately turn our heads and walk away. But we can do that with God. Cause it just feels like we're, there's not this audible voice that's going to come at us. Um, so I think that's just another thing. Um, another thing that kind of makes us feel like he's not, he's not there, not responding is we're just not giving him the space to do it. Yeah. I think that's so smart and it's so hard at the same time, but I think that it's, it makes so much sense. Like we would never do that to another person. Um, so it's funny to just think that we're doing that to God. Um, and when you think about prayer, you're like the, there's two people in this conversation. One has a humid, limited brain. And then one is God, <laughs> you know, like who, do, who, sh- who would I, if I were in a conversation with somebody super wise, like would I dominate the conversation or would I just be like 
you know, puppy dog eyes, just looking and thinking, what are they going to say next? Like, I want to have that attitude with God, but, um, it's, he's invisible. So it's hard to do that. Yeah. No, that's so, that makes so much sense. Um, what I want to talk about the Holy spirit for a second. And, Mm -hmm. Like we pray to God. I feel like the more I pray, the more I'm in the word, the more I seek Jesus. Like when I am like really on that track, like I I feel the Holy Spirit more and I'm more in tune and I can like on a day-to-day basis, hour by hour, like, Mm -hmm. you know, like really tune in. Um, What has been your experience? Um, Because I feel like that's for a lot of people, like the missing piece or like, you know, I don't really know if I feel it. I don't really know if God is talking to me. I don't really know how to like discernment in that. So with prayer life um, and the Holy Spirit, talk to me a little bit about how those things go together, how you've seen that work in your own life or, or maybe people that you know too. Yeah. Um, I I think, um, first of all, just knowing that like, you know, prayer is for the believer. And if you are a believer, um, if you've made that decision to follow the Lord, you are, you have the Holy Spirit. So we have access to that. Um, and I think we dull that by not expecting um, that to be a part of our prayer lives. We dull it by thinking we, and by dull, like, I don't mean like the we're like really going to um, stop the Holy Spirit from being who right. or what it is. Um, but I guess we just, we, we miss out on a really full prayer life when we're not recognizing that the Holy Spirit is a part of it, that he does um, speak for us um, when we don't have the words that he does um, intercede to God on our behalf. Um, I, I, yeah, I think if we like really sat in that and really thought about his role in it, um, just that we have access to so much because of the Holy spirit. Um, I think our prayers would be different and, and it wouldn't be anything that we would have to do differently. It's not like us doing more. It's more just like allowing that to, um, not thinking that everything relies so heavily on us to where we just steamroll. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> steamroll what can happen. Yeah. Um, I think this, goes hand in hand with motherhood a lot. Um, I know that you talk about it a lot and you've written a book about it. Grumpy mom takes a holiday. (laughs) I love that title, by the way. Um, (laughs) Talk to me a little bit about just prayer, prayer life in being a mom and what that looks like for you and how it's changed you and how it's helped you um, and grow you. Yeah. Um, Well, it's odd because I feel like being a mom has actually helped my prayer life grow, which surprised me. And, um, I think for a few reasons, one, we spent a lot of time praying, you know, small prayers. We pray, you know, for dinner, we pray at bedtime. We pray if somebody, um, like if there's a fight and we just need to pause, if I'm getting frustrated with them and I need to pause, they see me pray and go to the Lord. Um, and we pray for, you know, an ambulance that passes by. My daughter's really good about reminding me to do that. So in that respect, I feel like it's become more just this natural part of our rhythm, um, which my mom really modeled that for me. I always say I was a really like worried little child. So we would always pray about everything. Mm -hmm. So I learned very early on that you can pray about everything. And we're trying to instill that in our girls now. Um, Oh man, where was I going with that? The other thing... 
that I was thinking, oh, just, I, I know when our second daughter was born, um, and I already mentioned this, like my my father-in-law got sick and we would literally spend so much time just bouncing around praying or like, you know, like trying and try to put her to sleep. There was nothing else I can do. I could not make meals. I couldn't help, um, be there as much as I wanted to be, but we would pray constantly. And I think because of the urgency of that season and knowing, um, that, I didn't, I wasn't going to have my hour long quiet time in the morning. I felt like it was really urgent that I figured out how to spend more time with God throughout the day. And, um, I learned a lot about living in his presence as opposed to, you know, a prayer time in the morning and then going to bed and praying, you know, like something mm-hmm. like that. I just learned how to, uh, just, a really practical way of like, yes, we have access to God all day long. And, um, I think it's easy to forget that, um, when, until we have to, until we don't have those anchor times of our day and figure it out. Totally. Um, tell me a little bit more about your, about the prayer, prayer journal and like how it's laid out, how you, um, you know, I know women, you can set timers on your phone or alarms on your phone. You know, there's different things we can do in the day to day to like remind us to pray. But I mean, that's what your, that's what your journal is all about. So tell me a little bit about what that looks like and what you have found and like seen the most, um, excitement from, or like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just people who have told you like, oh, this part of it has been so helpful for me. Yes. Um, So the journal, it's um, that we either have a six month or a yearly, but they basically have a monthly format that's divided by different categories. We pray for the world first um, and we intentionally start there because we want to, you know, I know for me, I pray, I can pray all day long for myself and forget about anybody else. Um, But starting with the world just reminds me of how, how big or what is beyond me basically. Um, and then sections for like family, community, different things. But basically you fill out the journal, um, your monthly section once at the beginning of the month, really intentionally and prayerfully, and then you have it ready to go. So when you do have moments of your days, you can set it up in the kitchen while you're cooking. You can have it as part of your quiet time. Or like I ride around with mine in the passenger seat a lot, um, and just lift up prayers while I'm driving. Um, but it's, it's just a way you've already decided what things you want to be praying for. And this is just an opportunity to help you actually pray for them. And I think the things that we've heard from our customers are two things. One, we have a section for answered prayers at the end of the month, and they are blown away by what God is doing in their life that they've been missing. Mm. So, so they might have been praying maybe not as consistently, but they're able to track it and see God's faithfulness, which makes their future um, circumstances, the hard moments. They are, they're getting to be reminded of how much God has done in the past. And um, that's just really cool when, when you can end a month and just go, man, like God, God does hear me. God does love me. And um, this is just a really physical, practical reminder of that. Um, and the other thing is that we tend to say, I'll be praying for you to people a lot. And, um, and they've just mentioned how much it's helped them to like really do that. (laughs) And, um, with their friends, it's grown friendships, which is, you know, like not an intention of the journal, but it has grown their friendships because 
they're able to pray for each other and then ask at the end of the month how something went and um, just have a more intimate relationship when you're praying for each other Mm -hmm. um, and getting to be a part of a whole, you know, like it's not just your answered prayers you're getting to see, you're getting to see answered prayers for so many people. And it's, and it's encouraging. It really is. Yeah, no, I love that. I love the accountability of it and being able to see um, just how God has shown up. Cause yeah, I mean, I think about that often, like I'll ask for something and then he'll, he'll do something. And I'm before, like I'm on to the next thing. I always feel like, you know, yeah. the children of Israel, like begging and pleading and God, give me more. And then he does. And then it's like, you forget about it. And then, you know, you do it all over again. Um, that's like exactly right. And I know I, I even started going to my the page for answered prayers throughout the month because one month I realized, okay, I prayed for this at the beginning of the month. And by the end of the month, I totally forgot it. And like, even as I was writing down answered prayers for the month, it was so early in the month that I just, I was like, I don't want to miss these things. You know, I want to mm-hmm. be able to, to reflect on them and, and credit them to God. Like we want to be, people who praise the Lord. Like I'm reading the Psalms a lot right now and it's overwhelming the paragraphs and paragraphs that David will use to praise the Lord. And I'm just like, we, we could learn a lot, Yeah, you know, just like everything is for God's glory. And I'm convinced that the Lord answers prayers. Um, like if he knows your heart is going to be to glorify him and to give him the credit, why would he not answer a prayer that is in line with his will? You know, like he knows like this, this is, this is our mission. And I want to be a person that God knows the good things that are happening, even the hard things that are happening, everything that is happening. I want to be able to give God the glory for it. And, um, and, and I truly believe that that is why I've been able to experience so many answered prayers is because he knows I'm committed to that. And the prayer that I mentioned early on, that we're praying for the next 18 months um, is actually a prayer. I haven't told anybody this uh, outside of like a few people, but um, we're praying to sell a hundred thousand copies of our book. And um, oh, it feels weird to even say that because <laughs> we we've probably sold maybe 15,000 at the most copies of grumpy mom. So that is a big leap. Like I am not like there are authors for sure selling that, but not, you know, this is, a giant prayer. Yeah. And, um, and I told my husband, you know, well, first of all, whenever I was, I felt like the Lord prompting me to start praying this. I was just thinking, God, what about like a prayer of just like, let's impact a hundred thousand people. And, um, cause you don't want to pray for copies. Like that just feels <laughs> kind of selfish. Um, but it was like, I just felt him saying like, you can't measure impact. Like that's, you're saying that because you don't want to have to you're, like, uh-huh. you know, but I, if we sell a hundred thousand copies, whether it's, you know, next year or in 10 years, God is getting the glory for that because we have started praying for that every day. And, um, and, and even whenever this first happened, I was thinking, I have to tell a few people, I'm not going to tell the whole world, but I do need to tell a few people because I would want, I don't want anybody to give that credit to me or to our, you know, publisher, whatever, I want God to get the credit for that. And people need to know that we're praying for it so that they can know that he is at work in this. Yes. Yes. I, first of all, I'm going to be praying for that and I'll do what we can to help. Um, 
Second, I, I know exactly what you mean. A few months ago, I think it was January, I told some friends like, I had a prayer and it felt, I felt like prompted that I should be praying for it. And it felt so silly, but like saying it out loud, like again, like coming back to the Holy Spirit, if he's prompting you to do that and the only reason you're not doing it is because of your own like, oh, I feel silly or it's too much. Yeah. Or I don't want to sound selfish or greedy or whatever it is, then like you're really not being obedient. So I think it's funny your husband said that because yeah. I, I totally, you know, before I voiced certain things, I felt like, oh no, maybe I shouldn't. But then I was like feeling led to. So the whole point is if, if that's going on in your heart, then that's for a reason. Yes. Yes. Oh, I'm so. excited for you. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about Grumpy Mom Takes a Holiday. Yeah. Um, Grumpy Mom Takes a Holiday is a book I wrote um, a couple years ago, or it came out last year, but um, it's all about the stereotypes that motherhood or that the world has about motherhood and how those can be affecting our joy. And um, that the idea is that we don't need to escape motherhood. We need to escape the world's definition of it. And I think we would find a lot of joy. Um, In the book, we go through 20 different stereotypes and they're very like, you know, they're what make up our memes and our t-shirts and everything (laughs) like that. And they seem so harmless, but if you have, Um, like, I feel like I am very fragile, like with like, or sensitive. Um, I say I have like a melancholy personality, so I can go negative. I can go, um, sad quickly with different things and, or be affected by things. And, um, I really noticed just in pregnancy, just how motherhood was talked about. It was, I was just overwhelmed and scared. I was just like, this does not sound appealing. (laughs) And if I keep thinking like this, it's going to be bad. And, um, the truth is a lot of those jokes can be funny when we're with other moms, but they seep into our heart. And whenever our kid is throwing a tantrum or, you know, spills milk everywhere, and we feel like we need to take a picture of it on Instagram. Um, if it's like when we're just alone, those things can just start to add weight to just what we, how we see motherhood. And, um, and really the book's just about seeing what the Lord says about motherhood instead. And it's all based on the verse Romans 12 to about, um, not conforming to the world, um, but transforming our minds and, um, the paraphrase from the message version, um, it says that we could do these things without even thinking. And I feel like that's kind of like where we are right now. Like we do these things without thinking and simply knowing that there is a different approach has transformed so many moms um, and just equipped them to handle what grumpiness, what exhaustion, what stress is going to look like in every season of motherhood. Like they're just, they're more equipped now to know, okay, is this true? What does the Bible say about it? You know, Mm -hmm. like if you can just know that like, okay, the world's not always telling us the truth. Like there's just that, that's a simple first step to, to changing our motherhood. Yeah. I, I haven't read it yet, but I would like to, um, where can we get it? Um, it is, it's on Amazon and Barnes and Noble bookstores. Um, and it's actually in our shop too. So if you okay. want other journals and stuff, we have copies there too. Okay. Uh, com. Awesome. Um, I've been reading some comments that some women have been uh, posting about, about your book. 
And oh. I was reading this one just in particular, and this girl was saying, usually I wait till the end to post about a book that I'm reading, but and she had like bullet points upon bullet points of like things she's highlighted and things that you had said that just resonated with her. Um, so I'm excited to take a That's look. That's awesome. I'm yeah. an underliner as well. So I have a feeling I'll underline the whole book. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah. Val, tell me um, just over the years and in your prayer life, um, just how God has changed you and changed what your life looks like because of prayer? Like, how do you feel um, or what do you feel that God has set you free from? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Okay. So you're an Enneagram one Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like the Lord and and Diana, our mutual friend Mm -hmm. has actually helped with this too. Just like, um, I, I'm, I feel like I'm learning that the Lord can change me just by being in his presence and that, you know, I want to read all the books. I want to set all the goals. I want to do all the things that are going to change my life. And I'm realizing that, you know, those things I hold so precious, they still don't hold a candle to like what the Lord can do when I'm in prayer, when I'm reading scripture, whenever I'm just sitting with him. Um, and, and, so there's that aspect. And then just the other aspect of, um, I actually was praying this in my car today. I was like, Lord, let's just enjoy the day together. And like, that's not oh, like instinctively my mindset, but I feel like he is freeing me from being inflexible, from having to have my way about everything, from having like this routine that I have to have. Um, I still love those things, but I just feel like he has freed me from placing those above my relationship with him and my relationship with my husband and my kids and friends and everything like that. Um, And like I said, I feel like just the idea of living in his presence as opposed to having prayer be this, you know, put it in a box kind of thing. Like it's, um, it's changed a lot over the years. That's so cool. That's encouraging to hear. And I can relate to a lot of that too, uh, being an Enneagram one. You feel more like a seven when you're feeling free. So um, I get a lot of that too. Um, Diana, or Diana, I'm sorry. We've talked about Diana so much. (laughs) Val, Val, where can people follow along with you online? Yeah, um, on Instagram, it's Val Warner and it's W-O-E-R-N-E-R and then ValMariePaper.com for everything else. Perfect. Thanks so much, Val. Thanks for having me. Again, don't forget to check out the show notes where we have all of the info and links and resources we talked about in the show. You can go to beckymorquecho.com, B-E-C-K-Y-M-O-R-Q-U-E-C-H-O.com. Thanks for listening in.